0: Hello and welcome to my podcast. I have a packed one for you today. Redskins corner Quinton Dunbar joined me to talk about why he's playing so much better. Also, running backs coach Randy Jordan. He coached with Bill Callahan. He also one time played with Bill Callahan. Had a nice little conversation about what he learned from coaching with Callahan. I also answer your podcast mailbag questions and I'm joined by Chef Mel at the end. But first, my interview with Quinton Dunbar. Hey, first of all, I'm just curious for you personally how you feel you've been playing this year now that you're barely able to get back out, get into a rhythm, and, you know, kind of just basically be yourself again out there.
3: Yeah. Uh, I just feel like I'm just going out there and just playing my game, man. I don't really have a, a, a grade on me or anything like that. I feel like as long as I just continue to go out there and trust the process and things like that that everything else is going to take care of itself.
0: Where Do you do you see an improvement even from yourself in these first six games? Do you see something different about yourself?
3: Uh, Yeah, I'm healthy. I mean, <laughs> last year I way. mean, people I, like they forget like, I started off hot last year and I ended up at the end of the season on six games with two interceptions and eight, PB, eight PBUs. So, I mean... I don't get too high or too low on that. I mean, I just fo- focus on the task at hand and just go out there and try to play ball.
0: How much, When you when you are able to, because like you said, even when games you were playing in last year, you weren't always healthy. Yeah. So when you are healthy, what difference do you see in yourself and plays that you can make?
3: Oh, man, I'm um, my explosive fast self, man. I'm able to uh, get in and out of breaks um, and just play my game, man.
0: And like Sunday, the, the interception—you yeah. just, I mean, just a really good read, really good break. What did you see on that play? And you know, the way you broke, you're very confident. What did you see on that
3: play? Just uh, uh, reading uh, my keys, different concepts, and things like that. Going into the week, I know certain things that they like to do, and. Um, that play right there confirmed it as I was looking at the concept between number two and the back, and then I was able to just mm-hmm. drive on my man to confirm. So you it knew what play was play. coming
0: when the going up. Yes. One of the things that I think that probably doesn't get talked enough about you is the, the work that you're doing with the film study and all that. And I remember talking to Will Blackman yeah. um, a couple times about how, like, when you were a rookie, I think when you made the change, uh-huh. you, he threw out an invite to his house, say, hey, come on over, watch some film. He said, you were always there.
3: Yeah, most definitely, man, and I uh, piggyback on that in those years. I feel like those, the guys like the Will Blackman and the D-Hall and Coach Robbie Hill installed that in me early, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, at first I was just out there playing off uh, raw talent and things like that, but now um, with those guys and then additional T-Grey last year, I was able to just, you know, take it to the next level. With me playing receiver already, I kind of already got an idea of other concepts. So. Breaking down the field this uh, solidifies that, and uh, helps me out.
0: How like how much film work are you putting in uh, all the time? It's like it just seems like it's something that you do. Oh like yeah, to tons of
3: film work. I mean, every day You ask those guys. I even get those guys um, tips too. So, and I'm out there uh, helping everybody, trying to help everybody out if I see something, calling out plays and things like that.
0: And what what are some of the things that when you're watching? How long did it take you to get to watch? film the right way so that way you're getting something because like guys sometimes yeah. you hear guys saying they took a while to yeah. get used to that
3: oh yeah that's of course i always watch film but i didn't know what i was watching right. i didn't understand what to watch so that like i said that took me a while until you know the d halls and the will Blackmans, and then uh t gray uh set me down and showed me what to watch and what, and what, what did they tell you to watch uh just different things man you know I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna really too much speak on that, man. I don't, I don't like to uh, talk mm-hmm. on that, that okay. side of, of things. But just so can't a few get away things. too many secrets. Yeah. <laughs> but how much does it
0: help? Like now, once you started doing that, what was your growth like as a corner? Once you started doing that,
3: what happened? Oh, it helps, it helps you uh, trismin- tremendously. And the reason I say that, uh, the guys that played the longest in his league. Think with their mental, and not with their, just their physical ability. So you know, uh, yeah, when you bless with raw talent and things, things like that, that, that just takes you a long way. But but what about when you can't do that no more and you right. have to use your brain more? So I feel like me learning this is really just helping me set me up for the back end, uh, end of my career.
0: Because you got the I mean, you got the speed, you got the length and uh, that stuff, but the speed sometimes yeah. starts to go a little bit.
3: Yeah, most definitely, man. Like I said, it's more mental than physical uh, when it comes to the league because everybody is good dynamic fast it's, it's about you know being in the right position to, uh, make plays because they're gonna make plays too but you have to make your plays when, when they're uh, presented so.
0: how good do you think you can be
3: I don't like to boast on myself and things like that. So I'm like I said before, I'm gonna just continue to put my head down and work. I'm not in it for you know the brag about who's the best or how best you can be. I'm not in it for that. I'm here in it for it because I love the game and I, you know and it, it helps give me a chance to provide provide for my daughter and things like that. So I don't I don't really I'm not really big on who's the top guy mm-hmm. or how good I could be. That's that's not that's not my mo.
0: Just doing your thing and yeah. just do what you do. Yeah. When when you obviously you knew Jordan from college, and, you know and all that. Um, what's it like for you to see him go through with the concussion and have to now miss another year?
3: Oh, it's uh, hard times, man. But you know he's in good spirit. I talk to him a lot and. Um, okay. I feel like he's he's doing the right thing. He's doing what's best for himself right now and his family. And um, everybody in this building knows, you know, from top down, knows how great of a player Jordan is and how competitive he is. I mean, his last situation, he didn't even post to be in the game. He wanted to get back out there, you know, and try to, you know, Prove a point right. which he didn't have to. So, you know, with him being a competitor, it's eating him up inside. But you know, I talked to him a, a couple of times, and I told him you got to, you know, you got to do what's right for you because you know, football don't last forever. you know, you have uh, three beautiful girls who looks up to you and need you. You think he'll want to play again? Oh yeah, most definitely. I feel like you know, in the future he probably uh, uh, play again. But right now, what's best for him is to let right. his let it let his body and his brain just you know just reset. To shame because he
0: looks really good in camp.
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, I felt like. He looked the best since I, you know, besides that first year when I got in this year, you know, you, you could tell he really had, you know, he really put forth the effort to get back to, you know, himself and, you know, solidify him being one of the top tight ends again in this league. So.
0: One of the other guys that you would have faced in the summertime a lot would be Terry McLaurin. Yeah. What did you see from him in the summer, and are you surprised at all with what he's done?
3: Oh, I'm not surprised at all, man. I mean, Terry grind for every inch of success he's having right now. When he got in, he was running with the twos and he was killing them. Yeah. No disrespect to nobody, and but you know, it was a, a competitor. He was a competitive and. Fury with it. Like he'll make a play and you know he'll show so so much emotion like showing that he wanted to be good and great. So I'm I'm not surprised at all. It was just I know it was just a matter of time as we went through OTAs and he could he, he continued to make plays, but he was with the twos. Everybody knows, oh, he probably with the twos, you know. But as he got to the ones, he continued to make them plays, and you know, he's a special guy.
0: As a receiver, what stands out to you? Like, what are some of, what are some of the things that you see him do that that maybe stand out to you that makes him successful?
3: Number one thing, I mean, sp- speed kills. Right. So you know, he he got that for sure. You can you can feel it when he's when he when he runs. You can feel that speed. But, you know, most speed guys can't run routes. And the thing about Terry is he can run routes, right. and he worked at that. So, I know mean, I see him every day, even if we got a period off, he on the sideline, one, two, or getting out his breaks and things like that. Really? So, you know, most guys can't break down, and he can break down out his breaks. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for that kid. Last couple of things.
0: Has this been a tough year? Just, you know, you're having some success uh-huh. with the picks and all that and just playing overall, but the team being one of five, how hard has it been? this season for you? Man,
3: we just getting started. man. I mean, we 1-5, but, you know, we got, we got you no know, what, 10 more games to redeem right. myself. So we're going to just continue to go out there and get better, and who knows what can happen, and, you know, we're going to just continue to build for the future. We young, you know, so not really build, but just continue to get better, you know, so we can experience and get that growth and that youth. So to right. be right back at the thick of
0: things. And it's funny you say that because there are like a lot of guys over 25 on this defense. Yes. I mean, and so like, people forget, I think sometimes, how young you guys are.
3: Oh, yeah, m- most definitely, man. We got a lot of young guys. You know, we got, you know, J.A. Payne and uh, Matt, who are the heart of the defense, and they're young. What, right. 25 years right. or, or younger? And then you got, you know, Jimmy, who's, who's going to be a phenomenal player when he gets, you know, when he fully gets his chance, and, you know. And then you got Fade, you know, you got Monte who's a, a, a marquee player, too, and then Landon, and then putting me on I'm 27, so, right. you know. You're
0: the old man. I'm the old man at 27. You're <laughs> in prime, too. Yeah,
3: up, just, you know, so the sky's the limit. And one thing I like about the guys is nobody down on themselves. We getting out here and working. Coach Callahan got us out here working. Nobody powering, nobody crying. We just putting our head down and working. Do you so. like
0: that, that approach that he's brought?
3: Oh, most definitely, man. I feel like, you know, we working. It ain't no um, knocks off the Jay or anything. I mean, I feel like Jay did a, a pretty good job, too. But I, like I said, he, nobody's pouting. We're running five. And what? Nobody's not going to feel sorry for us. So we getting out here and working every day. Cool. Thanks, Quentin. Appreciate right. it, man.
0: After this break, I'll be back with my interview with Redskins running backs coach Randy Jordan, talking about what he learned from Bill Callahan. Welcome back. Now here's my interview with Redskins running backs coach Randy Jordan. You coached with Bill. Yeah. You you played for Bill. Yeah. Yeah. What what was that like?
2: Uh, It was a, it was, it was very, uh, it was a learning experience. And what I mean by that is that's why I grew as a player. Really? I grew as a player under him, and I grew as a coach under him.
1: Oh, uh, that's fine. Talk to the media.
2: Not only, not only uh, was it a situation where I was able to work alongside him and continue to learn, but there's not a major decision that I, I've made in my professional ca- career that I hadn't pretty much consulted with him. So like, we have, a, you know, we have a different relationship. We have a working relationship. But we've been through so much together, so we can draw from that, and uh, so. But yeah, that's that's
0: somewhat about relationship. I remember reading something you said that he you, from him you learned that all people don't learn the same. Yes. How did what? How did that come about?
2: Well, I think I think the biggest thing is you know is when they, uh, when I was in Oakland you know I, I was fortunate enough to, to play in a couple of AFC championships and then we finally get to the Super Bowl unfortunately we lost but we had a bunch of great guys we you know you look at that room you had myself you had Tyrone Wheatley you had Charlie Gardner um, you had uh, uh, Zach Crockett You had John Richie and the thing was that we were all different and what I learned was through him is that he talked he would t- treat everybody the same he would coach him the same. He would demand the, demand the same. But he would talk differently to Charlie Gardner than he would talk to really? me. Really? Meaning that like, he he, he, he knows how to uh, get the best out of you. But at the same time, everybody learns differently. Everybody accepts criticism differently. And part of being a good coach from what I learned from him is that you have to figure out how to tap into that. Like, for instance, I don't talk to... We, okay, small wood like I talked to AP or Adrian Peterson. So what I mean by that is I coach them all the same. I demand of them you get after it but at the same time I know if I go to Chris on a mistake Chris has probably already beat himself up (laughs)
0: 50 to 60 times
2: whereas with a young guy like a guy like uh, call call uh, Coopstown, right? Mm-hmm. Craig, you know, on the practice squad, I have to coach him a oh, little sh- bit differently, right? Yeah. You know, uh, so that's kind of what I've learned yeah. from. That. And that's a, that's a pretty big deal in this. Business. Yes,
1: yes, yeah.
2: it's huge because yeah. I think the biggest thing is it makes you it makes you human, mm-hmm. like being able to tap into that human side and yeah, be able to draw from them you when you learn. need to. You know, I give you, I give you, I give you an instance. Like I, you know, this might be saying too much, but <laughs> you know, when I played, um, I well, had four Johns played under John, mm-hmm. and I played on the Bill, and um, they know my family, and <laughs> they know. Like there's times where John and Bill, they they get on me. He's like, oh, I'm gonna call Miss Jordan, get <laughs> you right. And it was one of those things where like they knew like the relationship we had right. in terms of. Like yeah, uh, yeah, she'd get after me too, you know. <laughs> so that's that's you know they they knew that relationship. So I think the biggest thing is being able to tap into that.
0: The funny the funny thing is too because you know big talk this week. He right, wants to run the ball, wants to be physical. Yeah. That 2002 year, you guys threw the ball a lot.
2: Yes, we did. So yes. it's not
0: like and even that, I know in yes. that Nebraska your offense was really good. Yeah. But like it wasn't always just a run focused situation. Right.
2: Right, 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 right. right. What does that set? Well, I think the biggest thing is he's he's, he's able to adapt. Mm-hmm. You know, if he feels like that week, I'll give you an instance. We played Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh, you know, they were <laughs> Pittsburgh was pretty good, and uh, we went in there and we won. We threw the ball forty-five times, mm-hmm. forty to five to fifty times, I think. And then there there's games where we had to ground and pound. You 60 know, some, sixty you some know. rushes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we 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 had to ground and pound on some games and. You know but that's that's him looking at the tape saying okay maybe we have an advantage in the offensive lines maybe this week we need to minimize uh the game and 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 and, and it's about attempts and 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 letting our defense rest and and, and trying to you know keeping an offense mm-hmm. a high-powered offense off the field and like hey man let's just let's just keep peeling away kill it peeling away and um and and just wear them out with the physicality part of it. So uh, I think there's, and then there may be some times where like, hey man, we, they got a good front. Maybe their back end right. is good. Let's throw it. So I think that's part of being a good coach,
0: right? And that's why because I, th- I think people kind of hear that and think, oh, it's just going to be this, but no. it could be this, could be that. Yes. And um, no, you weren't there in 03, right?
2: No, no. Okay. That would have been. Uh, that was the year after the Super Bowl. No, actually, I was. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I came back and I actually coached. That's when I came oh, back. Oh, okay. I coached under him. Oh, okay. Um, I was a special teams uh, so assistant. W- with what
0: that coaches. was a crazy year. Yeah. So, like, I mean, yeah. and I know he caught a lot of heat for yes. things. Yeah. You know, the dumbest team in America, quote, yeah. and all that. Yeah. What, how was that year and how did he handle things? It was, uh, it was,
2: it was difficult. You know, um, I came in. I came in half half of the season, and uh, no, you had some guys, you know, that uh, uh, got obviously a year goes by, you guys get older. You, you know, we had an older team, team. And, yeah. and, and and we never right. could get, we could never get into a, a, a rhythm. You know, had some injuries, um, and and I tell you, I saw a side of him that that, that even made me respect him even more. Okay. you know, because I had just got into coaching, so you got to think about right. This. I had come from being a player, to all of a sudden I'm sitting in these meetings, yeah. and I'm like trying to learn. I'm trying to figure out: is this a profession I really want to go down this road? I mean, I really was like contemplating: kind of like, is this what I want to do? And then as I watched him and how he, how he, how he handled that whole situation, it even gave me more. Like, man, I that's what, I, that's, what I, that's what I want to be. That's because I could see like the benefits of. Fighting through adversity, uh, uh, coaching people, coaching players, and get them on one accord. You know, may, things may not be good all the time, but figuring it out, going through the process, and when I saw how he handled it, I was like, man, that's,
0: that's, that's that takes a lot of character. The other thing I heard, somebody told me that his Saturday meetings were like longer than anybody else's, because he said, you know, you do the usual, go over the game plan, go, yeah. go over the 15 plays. And then he said, "Someone was telling me, then he would keep us there seven more hours.
2: <laughs> seven more hours. Well, I was just Is that too? is that too long or say, too short? I would no. Nah, it's, it's come on, seven hours. <laughs> it's a sleep. long time. I know. You gotta sleep. I know. Okay, I know. but I would just say this. He said Saturday uh,
0: afternoon the, during the, like yeah.
2: yeah, the night before the game. Yes, right? right. Well, well, this is the thing. He's detailed. I'm gonna just leave it at that. He's detailed. He's detail oriented. There is no, there is no gray. It's 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 black and white." This is what you have to do to get better. This is If you don't want to do it, that's that's, that's, that's on you. These are the keys to us winning. There's no gray. There's no gray when it comes to him. And that's the thing. I appreciate it because as a player, the only thing, and I've learned this from him, the only thing that I want as a player is, one, how can you help me get better? Right. How can you help me get better? Two, are you going to hold me accountable? Are you gonna hold me accountable to all the things that you're trying to do? And the three and number three is are you gonna put me in position on game day? Either by scheme or by fundamental techniques that you've learned that I can go and, and perform at my highest level.
0: Last thing, how is this gonna affect Adrian now with this community? I mean I know Listen, I don't think it's any secret that he would like to get the ball a little bit more. A little bit. A little bit. So how does this affect him moving forward, do you think?
2: Well, I think I think the biggest thing is you you have to understand um, Bill and myself and Phil, we we spent a lot of time together because we were integrated. Yeah, We depend on the line. The line depends on us. We communicate. We communicate. Constantly, from run game, okay, from protections. How do we want to block this game? What am I? What do you want me to tell my back on mm-hmm. this this pull pull scheme? Do okay. you want him to slow play it? So there is a natural, there's a natural easiness that comes with this transition for Adrian, because mm-hmm. he has a relationship with him already okay. in terms of, you know, from just to give you an example. Like when going through the run game, or if there's something that he feels like he needs to discuss with with Bill, he'll go to Bill like, Bill, what Bill, what do you you want me to run that? You want okay. you want me to hit that thing fast or medium? What kind of tempo you want? Do you are you telling your guard to be inside out? Are we looking to log this week okay. to get it outside? So it's not like something where they've they've had previous discussions okay. before. So I think it's going to give him a. Uh, Kind of like a splash of, okay. of, of, of or, or a reset um, for him, okay. knowing that he he can go to the the head guy now and say, "Hey, coach, what's my what's 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 my
0: role?" And I'm sure he would like to get a bigger role. <laughs> yes. So, yes, I think, like I said, I think we all know that. Yes. But it's like it doesn't yes. take a rocket scientist to yes. figure well, out there's that no reason. he's a running he's a, back.
2: It's a reason. Well, not only that, he's. It's a hall of famer he's gonna be a hall of famer <laughs> yeah. i mean like i tell him all the time man i was like look you know we know where we don't talk about numbers like but i don't want to be that guy man yeah, yeah, yeah i know <laughs> man, we doing. have fun with it yeah. but but he uh he's a he's a, he's a Dad, you're still fucking
0: talking, that's another <laughs> you see how he treats me <laughs> that's all i had anyways that's it that's okay. it after this break It's time for, well, maybe not Therapy Thursday, but the doctor's still in because you still had a lot of questions you want answered, so I'm going to get to those in a minute. Okay, it's not... Time for Therapy Thursday. I do think that a lot of you guys still need the doctor though, and so let's get to the questions, even though it's coming off a win. Let's go. Um, Jesse Marie Roberts at Hawkeye Warrior wants to know what was the biggest difference you saw in the team last week from the previous five weeks under Gruden? Well, Jesse, it's really about the difference in things that I saw from the previous five plus years. Gruden was not a disciplined coach, and we saw that not only in the penalties but in the details. There were too many times things were allowed to let slide out there, guys being late, etc. Now, I think it's damn hard to come in and change things right away. The time to make a real impact as a coach is in the spring when you lay down your foundation. And by the time camp rolls around, everybody knows what's expected. They're changing it midstream. You're, but you know, you're, you're working a certain way and the other way. In this situation, it's difficult. But my belief is what they need to do is reestablish how they work and provide a foundation for a new coach moving forward. I had someone tell me this the other day. Assuming Callahan won't be the new coach, what a new coach will do is watch the practice film from after the firing. They'll want to know who's practicing hard. Um, It'll tell them a lot about who they want to keep. That's what I think Callahan is trying to build. Listen, I think this is more than, I think this is kind of an audition for him to remind people that he can coach. But regardless, he needs to reestablish a certain foundation here. Another difference, how he talks about quarterback Dwayne Haskins. I don't think that Haskins is really any closer to starting than, a, than he was a week or two ago, or at least to being as ready as they want or need him to be. But Callahan knows that part of his job now is to get him ready. As I've said often, they were doing things before. But the difference was you had a head coach who knew he was probably getting fired and had won another player at 15. It creates a natural issue. Also, what I absolutely think needs to happen is the coaches need to find a way to engage Haskins more. And I think... And, and get him engaged more. And I think Callahan, through his public words, is doing something along those lines. That is a difference. Haskins is the future. Your job as a coach is to make it work. Okay, Jay at Redskins called. What does Bruce gain by not trading Trent? Okay, how about more bad publicity? Hey, here's the deal. I've said this for a while, but the feeling there has been you can get more value out of this Trent by waiting, at the t- by waiting till the offseason. At that time, teams would see what the, again, the theory is, teams would see what's in the draft or free agency and know if those players would be attainable based on their draft standing or their cap space and how they compare to Williams. Again, that's their theory. But if I'm Bruce Allen, I'm not just giving him away right now. Why? the draft? Unless you're getting players back, the draft is until April, so whether you trade him now in February is there really a difference. I know fans want to move on. I know they don't trust Allen to get it right. That ultimately is a problem. I do think if they could land a playmaker as part of the package right now using Trent, then I think they would. And playmaker is somebody to give Dwayne Haskins more help for when he ultimately does play. You'd have Terry McLaurin on one side, someone else on the other, whatever. And I don't see that happening right now, but I think that's what it probably would take to make it right now. If Williams doesn't want to be here, it's smart business to just trade him at some point. But you have to get a good offer too. My fear for them would be if Allen thinks he can either change Williams' mind through whatever actions, fines, mischecks, whatever. Um, he's misplayed other situations before, so I think that's where I think fans, and I don't blame you if you don't have that trust or faith that it will work out to your advantage. John Rhodes, at one account Rhodes, wants to know, and this is a quick one, I've seen several people ask, but conflicting answers about Bryce Love. Is he going to stay on the IR pup all year, or will they attempt to activate him? Okay, John. Love is not on the IR pup list. He's on what's called the non-football injury list because he suffered the injury in college. He does not have to come off this list. Think about like how Junior Gallette from his second Achilles tear, that's what he was on too, the NFI list. I'm expecting Love to remain on there all season, and the few times I've asked around there, the expectation is that he will remain on there all season. I don't know that there's any real chance that he, that, that that he'll come off this year, and I don't know what the purpose would be um, if, if you're coming off a knee injury, just let him come to next year. They knew when they drafted him that he was most likely going to be for the 2020 season. Josh Stack at Virginia Statesman 7. Um, this is about Josh Norman clearly being picked on, worried about getting beat deep, giving up too much underneath. More, is more than that much more of a drop-off? And he won't, if Norman won't be here, is more than that much of a, more of a drop-off? And if Norman won't be here next year and the season is lost, why not give the kid some reps? Well, first of all, Moreland did get reps early in the year. He didn't earn any more. It's pretty much that simple. But also, this isn't. that's not how this works. At one in five, you might think it's lost. I might think the season's going a certain way, but there's no way that they're going to view it this way. You're going to still play your best players. You still have people who want to win and to look good. Coaches' jobs and their livelihood depends on it. If, if you start benching vets now just to play a kid who may or may not be a future starter for you, um, then it would send a rather bad me- bad message to the other vets, and vets do notice this stuff from around the League. Norman has not played great. he hasn't lived up to the contract and know there's some people there who would have moved on from him after last offs- or after last season, not because he's horrible, but because the contract and the performance have not matched up. But he also hasn't played as poorly as people always say, mainly because I don't think everyone always realizes what's happening. And again, I'm not blaming. He gets some of the blame, but others do too. Take Sunday's touchdown, for example, that should have tied the game. Landon Collins put him in a bad spot by trying to jump around. Collins was in a split safety look, so he's to the inside. Norman is playing him, playing the receiver as if he has inside help. When you're corner you play for safety help and it fails to be there, that's an issue on the safety. But it's the corner who ends up looking bad because he's the guy who's at the end of the play. That's happened a few times with him this year. Now, Norman needs to play better, and he's not at a point where they need to play Moreland ahead of him, though. Um, Sometimes people, you know, you can see what you want to see. The other defensive backs love Moreland, um, but while he did make plays in training camp, he also got beat. And he got beat while playing in the slot earlier this year, too, and that's why Fabian Moreau went right back in. I do like him for the future. I don't know for what role yet. I would definitely look for another corner in the draft. Tim Meek wants to know, 12 personnel, better Without Davis Reed, sure seems to be. Um, also says getting a two-way tight end should be a top priority in the offseason. All right, Tim. No, I don't think that it's better without those guys because you lose the threat of anybody at that position in the pass game. Jeremy Sprinkle is not a threat. Um, I'll give you one example. Do you remember that crosser on third down? I think it was early in the game where Keenum doesn't hit Paul Richardson. On the play, Sprinkle runs a shallow crosser, and the linebacker line to his side on the inside does not move with him as he crosses the middle. He holds his ground. Had that been Reader Davis, I'm convinced that he's going to slide a little bit to make sure that he's never open before passing him off because they're a threat. And that would have created a lane for Richardson. Instead, the linebacker stays home. Keenum has to wait, and by the time any separation Richardson had was gone, the blocking might be better. Yes. But let's see how that plays out Sunday. I do agree, though, that finding another tight end is an absolute priority this offseason. And I, I had hoped that they would have added one last offseason. Can't get everybody at one time, but I definitely, it's absolutely a priority this year. Whether or not it's two-way or a top receiver, or get, get a guy who can do, you know, get someone who can do, fill a role as a blocker, get someone who can fill a role as a passer. But you got to get more help. All right. Um, Henry at Henny and the Cut um any rumblings about trades not involving Trent any truth to the Jay Glazer's comment about Bruce being safe even if skins win one or two games Henry this will be quick and I'll we'll get to the trades in a second with another question but yes I do believe he's safe I've heard nothing to the contrary I've gone over in detail in other podcasts why I feel he's safe or why Snyder keeps him but in a nutshell it's because the stadium deal high reps Snyder in the league meetings and the moves he makes that save him a lot of money So I wondered about, the only thing I wondered about is if they only won a game or so, would that make a difference? And it doesn't seem to be the case. Um, All right, let's close on this one. Jerome Green Jr. at Jerome in the home. Do you envision any scenario where the Redskins may move an older veteran like Ryan Kerrigan before the deadline? Some people suggest trading Allen, Payne, or Ioannidis, but I can't see them moving their young talent. Jerome, I don't see Kerrigan getting traded. Now, that's just my opinion. It's not something I've been told, but I did have someone predict to me, someone um, with ties to the organization predicted to me a week ago or so that that his prediction was the Redskins would extend Kerrigan perhaps after the season, knowing his popularity with the fan base. Whether or not that should happen or will, that was this person's prediction. Also, Jerome, I'd stop listening to whoever is suggesting they trade Allen Payne or Ionitis. Why the hell would you trade a good young defensive lineman? The answer is, you wouldn't. Anyway, thanks everybody for the questions. Now let's move on to Chef Mel. Okay, so now I'm back with Chef Mel, some more barbecue talk and Mel. This is probably becoming our most popular segment because it's not about the games. So it's about food. It's about food. It's about about food. It's all about the food. It's all about the food. So I want to get right to it. You made us something recently, the the steak that was like it's got a Cuban type flavor to it, and it was really good. And so I thought it might be good for people to hear how you you know the process. The marinating you did with it, the, how you created those flavors.
1: Well, well, John, one thing you got to do, you have to marinate your meats. That's one thing that you want to do, and you want to do at least, you know, within 24 hours to actually get that good flavor inside those meats. And what you marinate is with, you know, just basic ingredients: onions, garlic, lime, uh, orange juice. You know, different flavors you can have in there. Uh, some cumin. So you got all these different flavors that you can actually add into the, your meat and just, you know, put it into a. To your container and let it sit overnight. And then, once you pop it in, and, and, and you know, like on the grill or wherever you, you know, stove top,
0: you're gonna have a good dinner or, or lunch. <laughs> and so, like, when you did this take for us, how long did you marinate that one? Over 24 hours, really. Because, like, yeah. and it's funny because everybody has a different thing. Why do you like it that long?
1: Oh man, because long, like, you know, it, it give it time to actually sit in and actually get all of the flavors inside the meat. Um, you can marinate it within, t- t- you know, two to four hours, but I wouldn't recommend it. I recommend it the longer you right. marinate it, the better it would taste, you know, because it really, especially with the steak. It. Oh yes, all the flavor be into it. But um, the garlic, to me, I felt like the garlic paid a uh, big factor in the steak. Yeah, you know, I like it all. You know, you just you know cut up you know a few you know garlic cloves and everything inside of there, and oh man, it was so good. So you said something about orange juice with it? Yeah, just uh, some some orange juice, some lime juice. You want those those flavors to go in it too. That those.
0: Caribbean type flavor. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So how much like how much orange juice would you put in there just for a couple of normal steaks? How much uh I'm man it
1: depends on how much steak you, you know you're okay. cooking up and how much marinade you want to use? Let's say yeah. a, couple, a couple of nice Yeah, just a few marinades you want to use. But um other than that, man, that's how you make your steak and then you have it with the plantains and uh, the rice and beans and you
0: got your meal, John. How, now are you when you're grilling it, and I know it depends on the thickness of the steak how many minutes per side are you going to grill it typically? And I know it's going to depend on thickness. It's going to depend on man, what I, you want. Medium rare, you know. So. I
1: definitely want a medium, man. Got to yeah. have a medium rare. I mean, how you like your steaks?
0: More, usually medium rare.
1: Now, I want to know how the people like their steaks out there. Yeah, right. let me know how you all like your steaks out there. That's a good question. I want to know. And hit up
0: at Chef Mel yeah. 12 Tables. Let on me know Twitter. How, how
1: you like your steaks.
0: Yeah, because that's, that's always the key. But let's say for medium rare, which is what you're doing. So how long per, you know. How many minutes per side?
1: You want to do like three, three minutes per side. Depends on how thick. It's really about. It's, it's really like about all the, the thickness. thickness. I know it's hard. It's, it's a hard
0: question yeah, to answer. You,
1: you can have a flank or whatever Correct. you have on there. It'd be right. like, it, it could be like within minutes. You got to flip it over. Right. So. Do you typically grill your
0: steak, or are you a sto- Will you stove top the skillet? I do
1: both. I do both. You, pr- you have a preference. Like when I'm doing it, like when I'm doing a, like the Cuban style, I do it on the stove top. You know well, cause oh, why doing, is that? Because uh, I'm giving, like, that's when all of, like, the marinated stuff start to, to come out. And then also, like, the olive oil, everything I use, it just it's play a big factor in it. I did go on the grill with it, but it just, it's like you kind of, like, slow cooking it on the stove top in the way
0: really so when you do it you're pouring the marinade in there with it no i'm not putting, putting No, no, no. okay, okay. I'm actually, I'm, i got yeah, still, but putting putting it but it's still on there I still got, on okay it. i yeah, thought yeah. that you, okay i mistook you so then when you're on there so when you're slow cooking it what do you do one thing you want
1: to do is discard the the marinade absolutely which done. is that's why i yeah. so probably
0: thought that's what you meant yeah, 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 so yeah. i didn't think you would do that but i wanted to double check but then so when you're putting it in there how long is it still are you doing it at a different temperature to or are you trying to get more flavor in there by slow? I wanna
1: I wanna get more flavor in there, but what I try to do is try to get a little sear in there too. I wanna to, you know what I'm saying, like you yeah. wanna get it to a nice char it depends, you know like but it doesn't make a difference on it. I just really want it to come out really well. Actually I still cook it medium. Actually we had a medium. Yeah. So actually I still like the steak to be at a good temperature. So that that, that came out really well because you want the taste the flavor but also taste the steak. You know, right. you don't want it too chewy where you're like, oh man, it's just well right, done. Absolutely. A lot of people like it well done, and I just don't know. All y'all well done people out there, how can y'all enjoy a steak? The only thing <laughs> be well done is some chicken. And you make sure right. your chicken is well done. But other than that, I'm
0: when not a to well steak, done guy.
1: Even with seafood, you want your shrimp, you know, just a couple of minutes with your shrimp. You know, you don't want to just right. cook right. it. Once it curls up, once it goes to a sea, look, when it, when a shrimp turns into a sea, then that's when you know it's done. But you
0: don't want to overcook it and make it all mushy and, and all that stuff either, so. And that's a future episode more on the shrimp because I oh, want to yeah. get to that in a couple of weeks. But um, last thing, Mel, Redskins were just down in Miami. Miami, hometown of Sean Taylor. Uh, good friend man. of yours.
1: Yeah, man. Sean was a good friend, man. I, I really um, enjoyed the time that he was here. Um, had some good times with him. He had, you guys were pretty tight. He, he gave me some good advice, man. Like, you know, a lot of advice, man, that, that actually helped me through my life. Man, I still think about him all the time um, through a lot of things that I go through because he actually just help me you know move forward with a lot of things that I was that was challenging me and um like what kind of advice it, it was just it be- was just like advice just like you know just on success and and um how how to become a better man and stuff like that just you know he was just you know just giving me that you know one-on-one talk just some you know some things that we was doing it was weird to me because he used to be in his house and just, just you know lifting weights his dumb <laughs> and, and yeah. I was like man Sean you do have a stop and he used to jog home I know. from the from the facility and I'm like man where you at oh man I'm coming man I'm uh I'm just you know, just going home. So I like, man, you you just a monster, man. You just out would here. you
0: did you cook for him at that time? Hey, we, I, I didn't cook
1: too much for him and everything at that particular time. We were just you know, just really cool with each other. Um, but I actually
0: made a couple of things for him time to time. What and then you told me, this surprise when we were talking before this, that people used to come up to him when you guys were out and like challenge him or something or, or what or like
1: Well, you know, like they do with any other any other uh athlete, they just always wanna have something to say. And just want to just say anything bad or good. So sometimes you know people try to pick pick with him, and he just ignore him. You know, right. just you know, like he just ignore him and stuff why like that. Why would but, they do that? But There's I just just seeing that. Guys. Just seeing that, I'm just yeah. like, why? I mean, they do it to this day. Like people know, just like, oh, they go such and such. Let me go just pick something with them so I can see if they I can get next to them. Only thing what these people want to do is get underneath your skin. Yeah. So one thing you don't let people control your day, control your mind, and control how you think or how you you know whatever you should do. And sometimes I get the best of you because you know, you like, man, I'm just minding my business and somebody come over here. Right. Hey, you suck. Or, <laughs> uh, you know, anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he was he was a special talent, so but you oh, got man. a chance to There's the no way. cloth made
1: like Sean Taylor, man. Sean yeah. T- but you know what, he made some clones like, you know, in a way where he got some guys that actually uh really watch his game and stuff like that. And I could see the Sean in them guys. A lot of guys that, that rock the twenty one and, and all the Sean man, they them guys they they play really well, man.
0: Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable to think that it's been that long. It's twelve years. Hey, seemed like only yesterday, man. It just yeah
1: yeah. But yeah, man. So look, we're gonna we're gonna beat Miami. <laughs> Ain't really hard to beat, but you know we're gonna it's, it's gonna be.
0: Yeah. So, but anyways, we're we're gonna end on that one, and appreciate you joining me, Mel. Appreciate I know you it's a it. hard way to end on that one because I know people still feel a certain way for Sean, but. We'll end on that one. Hey, we're on that 21. There you go. Yes, Thanks, sir. Mel. Thanks, uh That's all for this week. Thank you very much to Redskins corner Quinton Dunbar for joining me, as well as running backs coach Randy Jordan and Chef Mel. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com, and I do appreciate you always listening. Thank you.